you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TV is in, and sex are like, they're battling because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Game of Thrones kind of guy. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. We are in championship season here in June. It's June now, right? It is officially June. Okay, we're here in championship season here in June. NFL season now fewer than 100 days away. In the meantime, there's pro basketball, there's pro hockey, and there's always the game of life, as you just heard Maurice Jones-Drew talking about there on our little uh, life quiz that we like to issue here and there. Maurice, a surprise visitor to uh, Studio 66 after, what, three weeks or so away. What a pleasure to see him. Go back, dig that one up. Matt Money-Smith, Cynthia Freeland, uh, uh, Maurice and I chop it up. Pro football, we go in on the Houston Texans uh, quite a bit. Uh, their fate, uh, their pending fate, I guess I should say, at QB and beyond. Uh, Cynthia synthesizes that team and DeAndre Hopkins specifically for us. We do a fun little NBA conversation, and uh, we tackle some bathroom policy, some public bathroom behavior, do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. And beyond some music review from the great Matt Money Smith, former uh, music guy, uh, you know, professional uh, record guy what was what was his title i don't remember anywho professional record guy works yeah that sounds good right yeah, yeah it's fits on the business card yeah uh you hear two voices there let's introduce them right now so we can jump in on today's action we got a lot for you we're going half empty half full the state of the tennessee titans they make sense because we've been watching or at least i've been watching and apparently a lot more people than usually watch nhl hockey the stanley cup final underway somehow the pittsburgh penguins for whom i root i've mentioned that i I'm a Penguins guy. Are you the Pittsburgh guy? Are you from what? I am. Yeah. I yeah. You I, like you like teams from Pittsburgh? 
I do, it's funny because you feel like, well, you have those conversations, <laughs> but you don't remember. Oh, was that with him? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I root you for are him. that guy. Yeah, oh, I root for, yeah. I root for okay. Pittsburgh. We have a lot of Steelers, Steelers fans around here. Ah, it's all making sense now. Let me tell you something. As we sit here in between, in between games uh, two and three, I can't believe that the Penguins lead the series two to nothing, let alone even are at 500 in this series. They've been dominated, and yet they've scratched out a couple victories. But I don't suspect you want to hear me talk about puck right now when we can talk about the NBA Finals and uh, some pro football here. We're going to dig in on that one. Real quick before we do that, I want to mention I was on uh, Adam Carolla's show this week, uh, my uh, twice-monthly appearances. Uh, this latest one went in there and yapped with uh, with the gang there. Go dig that one up, adamcarolla.com. And something that we talked about with uh, with Bald Brian from the uh, Corolla show recently, we were talking about uh, one of my favorite subjects, actor movie streaks, and somebody floated Jim Carrey's run from 94 to 98. And there's some fine ones in there, but one of them is Wedding Crasher. Oh, no, uh, we, well, I, I said, I'm sorry. I said Batman Forever is is pretty good and people said that's a terrible movie it's oh uh, it's overrated and then somehow we got in oh because jim carrey's in batman forever that's how so then it veered riddler in, right then it veered into that right and then i said um you know and then somehow we got into wedding crashers oh comedies comedies don't i said ace ventura uh nature calls that's what it was that was i'm sorry mm. I'm refreshing the conversation for you and for dave dave's own brain <laughs> um Wedding Crashers, I said, you know, people said, well, comedies you can't really evaluate because they get dated quickly. Like Wedding Crashers, is, I said, well, Wedding Crashers was overrated. Let's get the opinions here and now of our two guests, starting off with uh, one of my favorites here at NFL Media. He is a Texas native. He wears that on his sleeve, even uh, vouches for Whataburger over in and out. That's, I mean, I've never had it, but people have assured me that's that's loco talk but anyhow here he is everybody Get a rope. mark is took yo what up he's wearing a dallas cowboys t-shirt I, if i'd known you were a steelers fan i, I might have not worn it today. you know what look at what i'm wearing oh, i'm wearing the greatest voice in uh, broadcasting history cope myron cope the terrible towel is poised to strike and so are the steelers you guys are partisan it's true and yet, this Artisan next hacks. guy, a guy for some reason, I think it's weird people who denounce uh, being partisan. How do you get into the world of sports but not care about any teams? It's I care about all the teams. I have strong opinions about every single game. Right? He does I, have I strong being, opinions. I was being facetious about part. Let's hear a little music about him. Here he is. You watch him on Up to the Minute on NFL Network and beyond. It's Patrick Claibon. Oh. Go ahead. Don't be afraid to boogie there is. He's that guy who hosts the show up to the minute. Every dream he has at night has Jack Bauer in it. Oh. If you takes, then he'll give his. The arm takes, then yeah, strikes again. Star Wars movies, get him lit. What's that movie you were in? Nobody heard of it. The most handsome man Dave has Oh, I almost cut you off, but... He's Patrick. He's Patrick. that's enough. Now... Yes, I uh, I have uh, now taken that out to the people, as I uh, on occasion do, and I've asked uh, the makeup people, is Patrick Claibon the most handsome oh, person here? They would be 
They Good agree you're handsome, but you know they 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 love David Carr. Everybody, a, I love David Carr. They love, they swoon for David Carr. David Carr is an intimidatingly attractive man. Is this? Didn't we establish the last time these two were in with, that this was the most handsome Studio sixty six could ever be? If we I threw think hand, so. handsome Hank would be a little. Upset what if we him. added handsome Hank as a fourth? I don't know. And then replaced do. Dave Damashek with David Carr. Hmm. Then it would be too much. Then it would be showing off. Anyhow, Wedding Crashers, let's get to the here and now. Claybon, overrated or no? Um, with with any overrated discussion, I try to figure out where it's rated. And I'm I'm not putting it in an Anchorman category or, or any movie that, that's really up there with me from, from that era. So um, I'm going to say in terms of how much people quote it and how much they go back to it, yeah. I think Look for the name. Overrated. When you talk 21st century movies, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think the first 10 minutes are funny and there's a fun little cameo by Will Ferrell in it. But overall, it just is this weird saccharine Owen Wilson courting Foxy McGee. What's her name again? Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. I never remember her name, but I know she's Foxy. She is Foxy. Uh, I mean, I think we need to give that movie credit for kind of introducing the masses to Isla Fisher and Bradley Cooper. Mm. But uh, I have this theory of inverse proportion on comedies. The funnier it is the first time you see it in the movie theater, the less funny it gets with time. Mm. The less funny it is sometimes the better like to me the first time i saw anchorman and maybe you'll appreciate this having worked in local markets absolutely uh yeah it was good it was i liked it and then every subsequent viewing it got better and i noticed little aspects of the characters and little things and i think uh, you could say the same thing about old school if you go back and watch old school there are some moments in there just little tiny moments talladega nights is the same thing yes that, that really shined over time so funny the first viewing even funnier the 20th viewing? I don't know if I could say that about what 40 year old version, also a 2005 movie. Well, you know what? It's funny that uh, that uh, Judd Apatow movies, prob- if you prob- I think that those would probably be held up if you took a big mass poll as the best movies. If you said what's one, uh, the key characteristic. I'm going to go with Adam McKay, a guy who was here in Studio 66 oh. a couple of years ago. Um, for the what was it? Well, ah, I can't. Remember. The movie won the Academy Award. I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, it was a great movie too. The big, uh, the big. I want to call it the Big Easy, but that's not, not the Big Short. The Big Short. Yes. Jeez, oh man. Yeah. Anyway, Adam McKay's comedies. That was more serious, but his comedies are are great. Uh, but- Step Brothers is uh, is one. Talladega Nights is my winner. Even over even over uh, Anchorman. There's, Talladega there, Nights is the funniest. It is movie imbued of with day. social commentary from. The first frame to the last, and the improv, and it's spectacular. But I think the interesting thing you bring up, if you were to have a Judd Apatow versus Adam McKay, like, uh, bracket, that would be spectacular. Because All I think right, they done both, and done. They both bring something <laughs> special to their own genre. I, we just... have done it now. We are into a bracket. We will do it. I love it. It's excellent. We will see these movies. I will say... My personal vote, I will serve as the uh, Simon Cowell of the proceedings here. We'll put it out to the Czech Republic, but I will weigh in here. And now, I told this to Adam McKay, too. Talladega Nights is the best, and the funniest scene in that movie is when Will Ferrell comes home to, to find that, <laughs> that, that uh, John C. Riley has completely replaced him in, in a matter of hours is the funniest thing. And John C. Riley doesn't understand why that would be a problem. Yes, Claybon. Oh, I was gonna. Oh. I, I'm just pointing to my partisan nature. Vince Vaughn sucks now, and so that makes everything else less funny. I agree with that too. In. I agree. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, really. His career is kind of weird. He hasn't uh, done outside. You weren't of the a, first a true one. detective. 
Season two, fam. Uh, please don't remind me that that happened. And it's hilarity. Oh, and Rachel go, McAdams go, just, is in it. I thought figured you would have been. That's true. That's true. But since I can't summon her name, it doesn't make that much impact on me. There you go. Um, but yeah, in Judd Apatow pictures, to me, the thing that stands out about them, they're they're generally funny, but they all talk about a talk about bloated those third acts. Like, all right, let's wrap this thing up. We came in here to laugh a little bit. We don't need. Uh, <laughs> A uh, 25-minute wind-up to the big uh, climax here. Let's just jump to the end here. That's he d- a- he does a weird thing in his movies, though, where he gives his characters, one, I think they're more fleshed out than yeah. a lot of comedies, and he also gives them, like, really normal everyday jobs that don't kind of fall into some of the traditional movie trope uh, script writing. I don't know. I think he does something. He puts his little magic sauce on them, and that's why his comedies, I think, last as long as they do. Well, as we have this conversation and as we discuss this, I'll make mention of this. Bald Brian Bishop, of course, never one to shy from snark, tweets at me in response to me saying, uh, Wedding Crashers is wildly overrated. In a lifetime of bad takes, he says, this is one of your worst. Wow. Crab cakes and football, he says. I mean, I get what that's a reference to vaguely, but... Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, Bradley Cooper is brought a lot of good. Yeah, th- he, he's he, fine. Not enough to carry the movie to the point that people hold it to. Right. All right. Listen, take a loss like a man, Brian. <laughs> you know, you know, have some dignity here. All right, let's uh, let's kibitz now, and uh, I should also mention um, that uh, we've been talking about the life resume. You know, one thing I'm proud of, so not good at, but the thing I am best at is ordering food in restaurants. I know no equal in that. Um, is took we've broken bread. I think I've proven my skills in that department. Anyone who's ever sat at a table and ordered from a a, a server will uh, be able to testify to my talent here. Another one, though, that uh, sometimes uh, slips through the cracks is in fifth grade, I missed uh, zero words, you know, and with the spelling bee going on, nice. Kristen Larson and I made it about two-thirds of the way through Mrs. McKee's um, fifth grade uh, class. Oh, no, wait, that was uh, – I'm sorry, wait a second. Fourth grade, we made it. Oh, so, any anywho, fifth grade memories is key, and that, that has nothing to do here. <laughs> that that has no uh, that has no uh, role. Let's in get this spelling. right, check. Yes, get the story right. In fifth grade, there we go. Kristen Larson and I, neck and neck, had not missed a word. You got a star up on the big grid mm-hmm. for every week. Every week spelling quiz. If you if you were perfect in it, you got a star. Well, the stars all fell away, and you couldn't make out the stars for any of the other names up on the board. But Kristen Larson and Damashek, neck and neck. Racing star, ahead. star, 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 star. Two-thirds of the way through the school year, Kristen Larson swung and missed. Damashek never missed. He batted Boom. a thousand for an entire school the year. The dolls swing at the king. You better not miss. What about that? What's your greatest life skill there, uh, Patrick Claybine? What's on your life resume? Because I, I contend that as you go forward and you guys are you know, you're, you're younger people, but you still know enough about uh, the world at large that you realize now that diploma that so many kids are getting right now that they think is going to secure them a job, no one really ever brings it up. If you're going to med school or, or want to be a lawyer or something like that, all right, then you need the good marks in uh, undergraduate. Otherwise, no, it, it is one of the great larks pulled on society that you must have this degree. No one ever, has, as far as I know, I don't know anybody who's ever checked on my, did he actually graduate from high school? Forget about uh, college. Um, I, I go what's back, more important is what's on your life resume. That's well, my what's, on, what's on my life resume, I shut down a pickup basketball game um, when I was at, at Troy University, playing in Trojan Arena, uh, went baseline. Uh, somebody came up and contested and I, I dunked the ball no. on him. It hit him in the face. He fell down. Everybody ran off. 
and we ended the game that day. Probably one of the top five moments. <laughs> no, that is so cool. That's some story. <laughs> I wish I had a tail one half as grand as that. Yep. You dumped the ball. You you, you drove the it, baseline. It probably was a was a ten foot goal too. Yeah, and it was. You know, I, 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 I didn't think to ask that because because I have dunked on those yeah. six foot rims with great effort, but I've done it. You, you know, multiple knee surgeries since, and those days are in the past. But I'll I'll always have that. And um, there's, I mean, I, I, you know, you catch people off guard, but there's only so many times where somebody sees you coming, they try to stop you, and they don't, and it it feels you just feel super masculine. It's like out driving somebody, except. You know they're they're playing defense on you. It, it, wow, that's it's you tough know. To top. Emma VP, can you remember? I declare so the posterizing th- phenomenon that everybody talks about in the NBA, like oh shame the devil. The worst thing is to get posterized, and it's like well you're just coming oh coming late to try and cover up for a teammate's um, getting yeah. whipped, and it you're happens. trying to get that's to the most, rim. That's most posterized. And when you get hung up there, it's a, I, I, I don't understand why that is considered the most shaming thing that can happen to a, a ball player. What was the thing? I know I said it in the football season, Emma VP. What is way more embarrassing than getting posterized? I know I, I – know I, Getting trucked by Bo Jackson? Yeah, I mean, that definitely takes your manhood. Yeah, I mean, but the boss went through much worse than anybody ever got po- posterized. But I know I landed on – something that was definitely and unequivocally much more humiliating and dignity-stealing than uh, posterized. I forget who was on deck when the D-backs were leading the Giants and they walked Barry Bonds in to score a run to face them, and then the next guy got out. I think that's that's like getting – that's worse. Yeah, yeah. Probably as bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Um, oh, I know what it was. I just thought of it. It is, and uh, Geno Atkins gave us another example of this, is when a defensive lineman uses an offensive lineman to sack the quarterback. Oh, he just yeah. pushes him into the, yeah. When your body, when your 300-pound form is used to sack your own quarterback by a foe, that's worse than getting posterized. Those guys, I, that's the one, that's the poster I want. So, so to counter, as great as that moment was for you, me in high school pitching uh, in the windup, caught my glove on my spike, my left spike with the wow. left kick, Good and flexibility. Couldn't, couldn't get the glove off, and I just fell <laughs> <laughs> to the ground and got charged with a balk. Oh no! Take your base. Wow. Yeah. That's bad. So that's, that you don't want that. You bury that. The, on the light that prism. would be like the opposite. Of I hope the no one asks about over it. someone where they end the basketball game as a result. And that's a probably just ahead of the time where also pitching uh, in the stretch and a gust of wind blew me off the mound. Another balk. But see, this is getting to be an ugly trend here for you. You, you fell off the mound twice. But the reason yeah. those are accomplishments is because obviously Marcus took his overcome those. Yeah, barely. Awesome dude. Oh, barely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I had uh, a moment of shame out on the hump uh, in Little League, too. I once was perfect through, I always forget if it was three, I think I was perfect through three innings. And then, and the only reason they would pitch me in Little League is the second pitch. You remember I had two Little League games a week. Our good guy was Aaron Grendel. He was really good. He was a phenomenal athlete. And he was dominant. He would throw it. When, I, when he wasn't pitching, um, they would put him at shortstop, and man, he would whip it over from shortstop. And uh, and and sometimes I would play first base, and that was scary stuff for me. When Aaron Grendel would, ha- would heave it as hard as he could, I'd be like, "Take it easy, man." 
You know, I, that's hard for me to catch. Anyhow, sometimes I would pitch too. And one time I'm out there pitching, and like I say, perfect through three. Then I walk the bases full with nobody out. The only girl in the league comes to the plate. <laughs> and the first pitch, I plunked her. Not on purpose, you understand. Dave. Not on purpose. Dave. That was my day. That was the end of my day. Skip came out and uh, took me out of the <laughs> took me out of the game after that one. All right, let's do it. What do you think, Emma VP? Should we jump into some pro football talk? Let's not wait another moment here. Let's get to it. We've been doing it through the offseason here. The draft is in the books. So is free agency. Some changes will no doubt uh, occur between now and kickoff week one for the Tennessee Titans. But let's evaluate where they are in the here and now. It's time for half empty, half full, the Titans edition. And I'm going to start with you, Iztook. The Tennessee Titans, Some inter- they really have jazzed up the passing game, or at least the pieces in it. You would think that they're going to look different on offense, not going to be purely ground and pound in 2017. And uh, some more defensive additions. This team feels like it's on the rise. How say you, though, between 2016 and 2017? I'm just curious if Adoree Jackson's not the most important offseason addition for them. If it, wow. you look at their... You look at uh, how they ranked offensively and defensively last season, and really the big thing that stands out is how poor they were in the passing game. And if you know Marcus Mariota continues to progress as a quarterback, as I don't think there's any reason not to think he would, then uh, you think this is a half-fold uh, kind of team. How say you, Claybon? I, I look at the rest of the division, and do I think the Colts got demonstrably better? Um, I'm not sure. I think uh, they, I think they did. I'm going to say yeah, that the Colts are a little bit better. A little bit better than they were last year. Than they were apparently. last year. But is, is that going to exceed the improvement of the Tennessee Titans? Uh, that's that's really my question. And so, Houston, they get JJ Watt back. You know, the the question of of the playoffs. I think the Titans are going to be a better team, but I'm just I'm not sure that it's going to be enough to get them into the That's how you have to do it. You're not doing it in a vacuum. Yeah. A value, it would be one thing to say. I mean, if you – and you hear people, the 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 experts, the analysts, uh, the world over, always fall into the trap that you're avoiding here, Claybon, which is evaluating teams. If you just look at rosters and what happened, you can talk yourself into every team being better. And doesn't, isn't that a funny phenomenon that almost every team seems yeah. better in all sports, any of the four major right. sports? If you look at them, you 32 think – 32 teams this got team should better be this, this team should This team should have a pretty good season But But year. what's the question? But if, you got to look at it in the division first. But if it's half full, half empty, then it's basically like, well, who are you optimistic about, which half full is uh, a euphemism for, and who are you half empty on? So I would say I'm half empty on the Texans and the Jaguars, and I'm half full on the Colts and the Titans. The thing about the Texans, and I think that's where it starts. They, having won the division the last two years, that uh, was supposed to be owned forever by Andrew Luck and company. Instead, it's been Hoyer, Mallet, and whatever other bum you can oh, savage yeah, you can throw in there to, to cobble <laughs> it together. Now they maybe have somebody in Deshaun Watson. That's what we talked about uh, earlier in the week. They have a really brutal open to the schedule, do the Texans. So there might be an opportunity for someone to rise up and get it. I do think the Jags are going to be better. Blake Bortles, notwithstanding, I mean, you know, I, I do think this is the year that they start to show some real progress there. So within a division that that is compelling and potentially all three of those other teams have taken a, a step up, I'm not sure where the Titans have to go. Can they transcend second place? Can they transcend nine and seven yeah. and win this whole division? That's the I, I, boy. I just I I love Ziggin. 
when the rest of the league zags. And we talk about that within a division, too, that I really like when <clears throat> when you step out and try and go different. And you saw the Titans really kind of – I feel like they made hay – and there was a real shot. You remember three-quarters of the way through the season, you thought, well, the Titans are maybe going to make the playoffs here because yeah. they devoted themselves to really trying to grind you on the ground. I don't know what their offensive philosophy is going to look like in this year, how much it's going to be DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry and then balancing it out with uh, with some of those high draft picks in the in the passing game. It To me, I mean, it's, it's so simple and lame to say this, but it's Marcus Mariota. If Mar- you know, in a in in a division where we're talking about a- Andrew Luck, and then you're a, a bunch of question marks at quarterback, Mariota has a chance to be at worst the second best quarterback in the division this year, right? And then if it's in fact a quarterback league, as people tell us all the time, I think second place should be at worst there uh, should be there the 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 whole division comes out the x factor of the division to me is is the Colts do they return to form that we assume I, I it's almost hard to believe that the Colts have been as bad as they've been right now I know Andrew Luck with all the injuries and everything but isn't it kind of funny that you know everybody just decided we, we always talk about narratives Claybon you love to to get in on these narratives I know that's your your passion in life is yes. talking narratives that's but isn't his it, narrative. <laughs> I feel like people have a hard time being shaken off of the decisions that they've decided three or four years ago. But I, it's almost oh, like, like people. Oh, like Andrew Luck is spectacular? Like I, that narrative? Is that where you were headed here? Do you think what, who who do you think when it's all said and done? Who's the consensus team to win this division when all the picks are coming out in late August, early it's, September? It's going to be the Colts. I think people, people are going to be pick picking the Colts. the Colts too. You know what? I love that Texans team. I really have been supportive, but I don't love that brutal start. I'm going to say that the glass is half full. Things are looking up for this uh, Tennessee team. I don't know that they're going to get all the way to the top. I think they have a real shot this year. Their toughest games, so they start at home against the Raiders. Tough start to the season, but at least it's at home. Then they go down to Jacksonville. Then they bring Seattle in. Then they go to Houston. Then to Miami. Boy, that's a, that's a really rough road. That's that's, that's not a that's that, Seattle game's a question mark though. Yeah. Like which Seattle team are you? Well, they at that yeah, time Seattle's had a knack Especially of not coming out of the gate. How poorly well. they start, and you get them in, on the road or at at home in Tennessee. They have road games in Pittsburgh. Um, they uh, like I said, I mentioned they meant go down to. Uh, that's to, a Thursday night game, by the way, which is key. Yeah, so you would figure the Steelers show up at least I'd hope, and then they go to Arizona. Um, as well, but it's not the, it's not exactly uh, a, a, a horrid schedule after that first five weeks or so. I'm going to come down at you can, you can find ten wins here. Boy, it's really hard to do in a vacuum. Yeah, I think you can too. But then again, it always yeah, the the the, 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 the mathematical for, conundrum <laughs> for a dumb person like me is, and and yet I'm aware that this happens all the time, and then other bad math people come at me and I'm like well just look at history in the last 10 or 15 years it's weird that three teams from the same division make the playoffs as off as often as they do it seems like well you can't given, have given you, the number of yeah. mutual wins and losses right they have to right. play each other head to head so how could it possibly be that you would have three teams with double digit wins and yet it happens fairly regularly in yep. the NFL so it's I'm thinking well Colts and Texans well that, that how are they would they break through if that's the case but I, it's conceivable all three would be good hey let me let me ask you a question though because when you do look at where they ranked offensively last year, third in the rush game, 25th in the passing game, can they get by without a significant improvement in the passing game? 
Well, I mean, Corey Davis better hit the ground running. You know, the phenomenon that uh, – or the the, uh, the thing that people used to always say is wide receivers don't really take off until season three. That's no longer the case. You can have a, a rookie come in and make some hay right out of the gate, especially if they're pounding the ball the way you assume they're going to. And uh, a lot of people still optimistic on Derrick Henry taking off, and they think his sophomore year is going to be even better. I remain skeptical on that one. That's the one I – Because he's an Alabama running back? Or just yeah. about just him in general. I just I still I still see that the issue for him is that I mean you really have to use him and perhaps they will and they did last year. I just think you have to give him the the physical space to get up to speed. That's kind of an issue in the NFL that you're that you're running back if you're going to pound him. And he and he's a guy who needs a lot of touches too to really. Yeah, I think I think down. you have to get physically to get him going. It takes him two steps to get to top speed, whereas the best running backs in the game are at that. When they when you hand them the ball, well, he he produced when he had opportunity. True enough. In the last year, um, yeah, I I think when we discuss the passing game and where that they are, in terms of the offense and what you know Corey's going to be able to do, um, it it, it all really comes down to how much is Marcus going to play, if and that's it, it sucks that that's like always the thing that we're always saying about every team that contends. It's like oh well, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, then the pack, well that's. It's it's really it because he needs to be able to develop and he's an exciting player and we want to be able to see him but if if they can't but do you buy him though do you buy Marcus Mariota going into year three yes just just as much as I buy as, as I buy anybody but. who would you all right let's redraft it right now Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. Ooh. On this team, yes. <laughs> Don't you shrug I mean, no. at me? What? Don't I'm, shrug. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking both of those guys before Jared Goff or Carson no, Wentz. No, that was. Or, I didn't. I don't remember uh, asking anything about Jared Goff. His uh, name never came up until just now. I'm just saying those guys uh, are really good. And if Jameis was hurt, then Jameis would need to be able to play more. You're right. All right. Marcus, it's, not, yeah. it's not zero sum, I suppose. But uh, I might say Jameis. Just because I think one, you've seen how exciting that Bucks team has been. The durability has been there. Uh, he certainly had his share of mistakes, but man, he he has that ability to put a team on his back. And you know, to use Bucky Brooks's analogy, are you a, a truck or a trailer? I mean, he's a truck, a hundred percent. And not that Mariota isn't too, but James is a bigger truck. I think in five years, most teams in the NFL will be very jealous of the quarterback situation in Tennessee and in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Fair way to answer the question. I don't care for it, but I'll but I'll accept. <laughs> Let's move on. As I mentioned, Derrick Henry, a real star, obviously a Heisman Trophy winner, um, back at uh, back at Alabama. I love talking about the fact that back in um, back, or for fifty some years or something like that. Do you know the college all stars would play the reigning Super Bowl champs every year? And I I find this game phenomenal all the way through. I was reminded of it. I knew it existed, and I had kind of forgotten about it. And then when I was in um, Cowboy Stadium a couple of years, that's not a name drop, is it? That's not, you know. No, especially not coming from you. It's a building. (laughs) It's a structure drop. So um, uh, when I was walking through there, they have a giant black and white – 
um, photograph of Bob Lilly playing in this game. And because I, I, I thought, you know, as a uniform guy, I was like, what are, what are those uniforms? that the Who are they playing there, the Cowboys? They're playing college all-stars. You can find on YouTube, you can find Terry Bradshaw and the Pittsburgh Steelers playing against these college all-stars. Maryland's Randy White sacks Terry Bradshaw in the game. <laughs> Maryland's Randy White, not the uh, future all-pro, future Hall of Fame Dallas Cowboy. I'm just curious. Kung, real Kung Fu Master, by the way. Real quick. Let's just have some fun here. We like to have our fun with various uh, subjects uh, like we did earlier in the week with uh, who – well, we'll get to that in a second. I want to read some Czech Republic responses on that, as a matter of fact. But right now, let's talk about this. You guys both love your college football. You love it. You watch it. Maybe a greater passion even for college ball than pro. Is that fair to say? Yeah. That maybe. Maybe, yeah. You maybe is fair to say. Yeah, maybe. All right, definitely fair. Who would win? <laughs> the New England Patriots are a bad example because, of course, they would be bloodless in 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 their determination to to shame these college all stars. But okay, that's who the reigning champ is here. Lord, let's say it's the Atlanta. Just for fun, let's say it's the Falcons because they seem more conventionally NFL y versus the New England Patriots. Yeah, they to also, whom no rules sort of apply. They also the have a twenty five point lead in the Super Bowl on that team. Right, right. Okay, so it's through what should have been two interceptions in the game. but Atlanta yeah. Falcons v. the 2016 AP All-Americans, and uh, your starting quarterback in that one would be Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, the Louisville kid, the uh, Dynamo from there, the touchdown maker. Um, running backs, uh, well, you would have uh, – Foreman, who out of Texas, who then wound up. Where did he? Oh, he went to Texas. He Tech, went to Houston. Houston yep. Yeah, went to Houston and Dalvin Cook in the in the backfield there. Dynamic uh, pair there. You have obviously a very nice offensive line. Evan Ingram was your uh, was your standout uh, first team All American. The uh, tight end who Ike Taylor loves coming. Up. Corey Davis uh, is going to be your pass catcher. Miles Garrett rushing the passer along with Derek Barnett. That sounds nasty. Jonathan Allen out of Bama at one of the tackles. Don Dominance there, and uh, Ed Oliver, the freshman uh, at uh, Houston. So anyway, I mean, obviously, you saw a lot of these names. We all became familiar with them, even if you don't watch college football during the draft process. What's the final score, fellas? You could also go Deshaun Watson, by the way. I'm just yeah. uh, just to remind you, I, I, I didn't realize on the back of this page we have uh, the second team. You could opt for. Depending on who your coach is, Deshaun Watson might be your taste, or you might want to go with Christian McCaffrey as one of your running backs, or Jake Butt as your tight end. Um, who who um, I just who was coaching the squad? Let's say well, let's say it's the reigning it national Nick? champ. It's Dabo. Oh, we got Dabo calling the play. Sure. All right. Yeah, it's got to be Dabo. He's the champ. Does it matter? I mean, sixty-three to seventeen. Sixty-three. You think sixty-three is what they would hang on this team? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. But I think the more interesting discussion might be if you swapped out Cleveland for pick your NFL team. Cleveland Browns. Could a team of collegiate all-stars well, would that, that well, What do you think that would be? I still think they'd get trounced. Trounced. All right. Well, yeah. quantify. I, 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 I would love to say that's not the case, but the, I just think the gap, the reason those teams used to be able to be maybe be competitive collegiate all-stars is the gap between those guys in size and strength is not what it is now. Uh, I mean, despite the fact that the weight and nutrition and training programs at all these high-end colleges are leaps and bounds above what they used to be, still the the skill set that guys pick up 
uh, after being in the league. Well, you might be surprised to learn if you weren't aware of this game previously. This is why I always say, you know, people, some some people get on me. Why don't you care about anything that happens pre-Super Bowl era? Because it didn't matter. The, the college the college game was superior to the pro game, literally. And I can prove that because the college all-stars did regularly beat the, the, the NFL champ. It was a, it was a fringy well, you, sport you a until, until the 50s. Some of those NFL players, like that was the second or third job they had. Right. And the thing is, this is an all-star team. These guys just showed up like, hey, what's your name? Steve. All right, <laughs> run a curl. Yeah, and they're playing against dudes. Who've been I'm, I'm assuming in this season. in this foolish hypothetical, I'm assuming that these guys. I don't know. Maybe we can imbue them with three months of uh, training. Together, okay, you know. Yeah, I think I, that's fair. What's so what do you think is the Brown score? Uh, it's better. I'm I'm less worried about Jordan Lewis one on one with Corey Coleman than I am with Julio Jones. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, the Browns would win um, forty five to uh, twenty. I, you know, I, it's okay. So a twenty-five point margin is not that uh, is not that severe. That's not like well, that's when. A, yeah, you could almost average that out to a, a score. Yeah, less than a sco- less than a touchdown per quarter. There's some garbage time. When Bama there. plays the, you know, the the in the SEC schools play that uh, that hump week game before their the championship week games. Who do they? You know, they usually play. Who do they play? Not Toronto. Middle know. Tennessee State. Yeah, or... some bum team, and they whip them sixty-eight well, to zero. Bum teams. Louisiana Monroe. Well, but but that's not a bum team. Huh? ULM's not a bum team. Who, by the way, let's they not get down. I think they did beat. They did beat Bama at Bama. Well, yeah, it's, you got to play the past. You, you got to play the games. Decade. I, mean, I just. I think the Atlanta Falcons would beat these guys. I think they'd beat them, and they'd beat them handily. But I think it would be. Forty-two twenty-one, is that crazy? Is that crazy to say? No, I mean it's it's. I mean, guys hit the they're they're playing. I I get the physical. Obviously, you're not going to be. You have man strength. You'd have thirty-one-year-old offensive linemen uh, rolling over these college kids. No doubt that 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 that, that would be why you would. I think there, there'd I think be no a, way to offset that. I think ultimate. it's the savvy more so, especially along, among the line, along yeah. the line. I think it's it's. Uh, Pass rushers that have more than just one or two moves to the quarterback, and I think it's offensive linemen that that have been prepared for anything that these young bucks can bring. But these got, but these kids versus previous generations are better prepared to go into the NFL yes, game I, than I they than that. they were. 15 years ago, you know, like those, you know, those sooner teams that dominated, none of those guys translated offensively, you know, they needed five, four or five years to get up to speed. These kids are all ready to roll. And we, they're all going to play major roles there, in the NFL uh, if, if in you, their rookie seasons. That, if, you, that, if you give me these guys five years from now, I'll have a completely different score yeah, for you. I, I actually but. think that's, that's, so that's fascinating. So fast forward five years in the league with this same roster against I have to amend this. Okay, yeah, that's a, that is a fun question. But I have to amend this because I don't want to sound like a, a complete buffoon here because I will mm. get beaten up for saying that about the Falcons. All right. Falcons win 52 <laughs> to 21. And the Browns win 38 to 24. You think they only score three more points? That's a game, right? 38-24. <laughs> I'm watching that game. <laughs> Two-touchdown game. Browns pull away in the fourth quarter with a second. Isaiah Crowell gets another touchdown in the fourth to, to uh, establish the final margin of victory. All right. But now, imagine a Jonathan Allen sacking Brock Osweiler 
and just him getting up just broken. I mean, that that actually could happen in that. Game. I, by the way, as I say, you know, Randy White breaks through and sacks Terry Bradshaw. This is one of the greatest teams of all time. <laughs> you know, we we don't think Miles Garrett would be able to heat up. Uh, Whatever, you know, I don't know who's a what quarter RG three wouldn't and on the twenty sixteen Browns. I think the the and also fascinating addendum to this is what would have to happen to make this game possible. Like you'd I want the, it back. The NFLPA, you'd have to get the these players. Yeah, I mean that, that would be it would never happen. You, but you'd need a lot of money. Prima donnas. <laughs> you yeah, you pay a lot of money. That's how you get it back. That's what, that's what would happen. Huh, that's that's my question. What's that amount? All right, you don't have to pay a lot of money for underpants these days. That's thanks Thank God. to me undies. Go get you some 20% off your first pair if uh, if you use the meundies.com slash NFL2017 special URL. Like I say, 20% off that. It is time for over undies. Oh, so soft on your bottom with uh, fewer than 100 days until the start of the 2017 season. It's nice to be optimistic about some of the teams that have struggled over the past several years. The Buffalo Bills currently have the longest playoff drought in the league over undie 14 and a half. How many seasons has it been since the Bills went to the postseason? Over. Do you want to take a guess at a year? 17. Did you see that? I mean, it's all. You know that really? Yeah, we, there's a bunch. No, of what was it? 01? Was it 2000? 1999. They lost to the Titans in the wild card. The round. aforementioned Titans. 99. Wait, yeah, I can't remember that game. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of that game. Uh, huh, what happened? Yeah, I, don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I can't remember much. Either. We probably have never aired it on this network. That's a real throwback. Um, all right, let's get to it. It's a not so surprising surprise game show. What? All right. Time for your surprise. For the record, hold on. I'm a man of honor. I don't know what this question is. And shame the devil for those who accuse me. My victories are pure. I'm sorry, I'm a VP. Get back to you. Sure thing. There are 24 NFL head coaches with 100 or more regular season wins with a single team. How many can you name? How many guys are there? 24. 24 with 100 regular season wins. That's, I'm, gonna, that's I'm a, a gentleman, lot. so I start with you, Is Took. How many can I name? No, name one. Bill Belichick. Oh, I was hoping you'd be wrong right out of the gate. All right, go ahead, Claybon. Marvin Lewis. Ooh, that was a not a deep dive, but that wasn't an obvious one to start with. All right, it's an interesting strategy. I know where you're going to go, so I was going to get Do the you know vision. where I'm going to go? Where am I going to go? I'm going to go with the man in the hat, Tom Landry. Thank you. Is stuck to you. Let's go with Pete Carroll. Whoa. I don't know. Uh, ah, he's out already. What are you doing? All right. Um, Tom Coughlin. Wow. Again, he likes to go. He likes to go weird. <laughs> Wait, is that weird? Why is that weird? I don't know. It just seems like a backwards way of doing things. I'm going to go. With the Emperor, Chaz Noel. You don't even have to bother dinging. We know that that's correct. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, You're out already. No, I said, oh, wow. Oh, well, you may seem surprised for a second. Dude, I didn't know so what was going on. Yeah, you should be overconfident, Dave. I'm awful at trivia. All right. Um, okay. Mark Levy. Wait a second. What'd you just call him? 
you call Marv Levy or Mark Levy? I said Mark. <laughs> I'm gonna lie. I heard a Mark. I'm gonna lie. Uh, Why is Mark Brady back behind the glass giving a thumbs up to that? What's it? What's a? I'm, what's I'm your stake in Claybon, Brady? I'm sitting there looking. Game are you playing? I'm gazing into the steely eyes of this. We're allowing it. <laughs> a little loose behind the Freudian glass. Slip. That's your business. Uh, I'm gonna go with a uh, little-known head coach named Don Shula. Bill Walsh. There you go. What? Oh. Bill Walsh is incorrect. No. I don't this believe why, it. This is why I go with the deep dives. All right, so now I win when I say the name Vince Lombardi. Oh. It has to be true. <laughs> no way. Yes. No yes. way. No I'm way. Tired. No I don't want a trivia game. <laughs> what? Overtime? No. Who has? Who got closer to a hundred between? Between the two. No, that's not how we'll do Let's it. Let's do that. We, we, we play I'm on. willing to risk that. We play on. But wait a second. <laughs> Vince Lombardi didn't win 100 games as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. No. You're positive of this, Emma V. Da Dave is going to start campaigning for the Noel Trophy. Brady he was the head checking. coach, I believe, for there for like 11 years or 10 years maybe even. But that would have been 14 game seasons as well. I know, or 12 even. But still, I thought he would have gotten there. Wow, I feel like a dope. All right, let's get it back. Wait, was Iz took out the last round, so is it just me and Claybon yeah, here? I'd say it's just you and Claybon. All right, go ahead. I have a couple more here. This is a, what a humiliation. I can't believe it. Claybon. Mike McCarthy? Ah, I wrote him down. I think he's got to be right. <laughs> good get. That's a good one. That was very well done. Ditka. All right. Just so you know, he had 89 wins. Don't question me, Damashek. I'm not questioning. I just can't. I'm, I, I, I'm not questioning you. I'm question, questioning reality. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's right, this stunning. Space-time continuum. Yeah. This is going to be close. This is stupid. Dan Reeves. That's got to be true. That's definitely got to be true. How about this one? Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Some Dan Reeves. One. I like the Dan Reeves one, though, because you had to figure out which teams it was. Working. Oh, man. Marty? Oh, I know one. Bill Parcells. Marty, he says. First name, baby. What? <laughs> Bill Parcells didn't win 100 with the Giants? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I oh, want to give you a game. Are you kidding Where's me? Where's your honor, sir? This is how you celebrate? Yes, this Soak is. Soak it up. You're a bigger showboat than Comey. I'm going to jump on the table like Bobby Flay. 77 with the Giants. <laughs> How many? 77. 77. A paltry 77 for the big tuna. <laughs> I also had Tony Dungy written down. Can this is preposterous. Count? Tony Dungy didn't do it either. What an anomaly. D Dave, I'm the worst trivia player in the history of anything. I don't I, I don't get it. My head's spinning now. Wouldn't you be for Bill Cowher. Oh, what about Andy Reid? Bill Cowher. Mike I Tomlin. Mike Tom Oh yeah, he did. I thought it. you were going to go with Mike Tomlin right off the bat. I went so I would have gone so with basically every Steelers coach ever. Right. <laughs> yeah, all four. John Madden. <laughs> I was well, Madden I was on the fence that was because a, he that was 10 year. He's a 10-year guy, you know? Yeah, 103. So that's a close one. I can't. Oh, but Grant. George Hallis. George Hallis, yeah. 318 for him. That was a lot. How, how big of a risk was Schottenheimer? 
I feel big risk, one hundred and one. I've never been big low. Reward to play How did I Whoa. leave some of those names? I just thought Pilt Parcel. I thought like I'm gonna go on forever here, so I'll just get Parcells out of the way, and then we'll uh, I'll go about my business from there. Oh my goodness, this is a a dark day. Oh, Andy Reid too. Did Andy Reid, yeah. Mike Shanahan, Hank Stram. Mike Shanahan, I wouldn't have necessarily. Did Bum oh. do it with the Oilers? No. No? I was thinking about Vermeil. That probably wouldn't have got me there either. Mm. No, nope. I don't think so. Not Sam Weish? Nope. Man, oh, man. I can't. I, I really am. Uh, There's only five scenarios in out of a billion permutations that would have had you lose that game. I'm bummed. All right, let's talk about this. Uh, you guys are NBA fans, as am I. A lot of people in the world are buzzing about this one. I want to, before we talk about the 2017 finals here and get your thoughts on this, we had a couple of good questions that we sent out to the Czech Republic and the citizens responded. As usual, the question was, who would win between, because everybody's talking LeBron versus Jordan, and a lot of it requires, in my book, the context of the era. And I'm not talking about hand-checking or not hand-checking. I'm just talking about who were the peers, who were they playing with. Give a snapshot of what we're talking about and try and make sense of it. Who would win the 89 All-NBA team or the 2016 All-NBA team? It's easy to say, well, certainly <clears throat> the uh, the 89 guys because that is Jordan, Chaz Barkley, the key detail, Akeem Olajuwon, Carl Malone, and who was the point guard? Oh, Magic. Or the point guard. That's a pretty tough uh, starting five, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But LeBron, who remains slept upon in my book, as much as people like LeBron, we are watching one or one A, however you want to discuss the debate that out, whatever. He is a, a phenom for, who, and unlike a lot of guys who are noted at age 15, look out for this guy, the next big thing. He actually has delivered on that, and some. I think you would say yes at, at, at the time of Sports Illustrated that this exceeded expectation, yeah. right? In I every mean, capacity. Even though he's going to be the greatest of all time, this, this really lived up to the hype, I think, LeBron's career. Anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked with that. Steph Curry is in the backcourt. Russell Westbrook is in that backcourt that we're talking about. Anthony Davis, I'm going to play fast and loose with it. Let's replace DeAndre Jordan as your starter. Boogie or Anthony Davis uh, matching up with Hakeem. And who's the other guy there, uh, MVP? I can't think off the top of my head, and I don't have it in front of me. It was an interesting discover, uh, this discussion. Matt Money Smith, noted uh, NBA um, analyst, said, oh, 89 would handle them. You say but Westbrook? I said Westbrook, yeah. Um, and, Why? Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Leonard, and uh, that's another – that's a mm-hmm. key piece. Oh, how would they – they'd never be able to handle – the hand check thing, yes. We're not talking about – in in the late 80s, early 90s, guys didn't get to play with nunchucks or anything. People act like, they'd get destroyed. They wouldn't be able to handle the hand check. They they, they they learned to deal with it. They're still the best athletes in the world. What about they, now, they're too soft. What are, everybody in the 21st century is so brittle that they wouldn't be able to figure out how to play in that game if you gave them a little warm-up time here. 89 would sweep probably each game by 20. Don't think these guys are comparable. LeBron's the only guy who isn't severely outmatched. Well, is Leonard outmatched? Wouldn't he be able to check somebody? Wouldn't he be able to do a nice job on, say, um, you know, couldn't you throw him at uh, 
magic if you needed to. I mean, could, you could put LeBron, you can mix and match with Leonard and LeBron all over the floor for your toughest matchups outside of Akeem. Akeem is the reason that they would win this because there is no, ultimately no right. answer for him. But by the way, there wasn't much answer for him when he was playing anyway. Mm-hmm. How say you is took? Uh, one, I am not that big of an uh, Oh, you're not. Fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were so, big on No, no. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll watch the finals. Um, but when I was younger, I was a much bigger fan. So it's easy to have that bias. I do think the Akeem factor um, and the Jordan factor uh, are the edge for me. Uh, although, you know, that whole LeBron-Jordan comparison game. Well, we that's your answer, that, by the yeah. way. Leonard, but I'm, I'm Leonard, checks, Leonard checks Jordan. It doesn't mean he takes him away. Nobody took yeah. him away, but he would do a nice job on him. I, I don't, I, I, let me put this right. What a fantastic matchup that would yeah. be. Length, length and strength for Leonard would be a very tough matchup on Mike Jordan. Well, I don't see this being a, a low-scoring game. You're going to hate what I have to say. Go ahead. Um, you hate the entire premise well, of yeah, the I, I think I think ultimately discussions like this cheapen the way that we view LeBron. Ah! I love you charging me with cheapening conversation. I'm not cheapening. I'm not. No, it's the perception. It's because it's because we can see a guy go out average 34, 12, and nine for seven straight NBA finals, and it's like, well, is he better than Michael? And it's this asinine conversation that we have to have anytime LeBron takes a sip of coffee, anytime he walks across the street, and it's just like maybe we should just watch and appreciate Ah. and and. I get you. I'm with you. And, and it's not that it's, I understand people want to talk about it, and it's something that people talk about in barbershops, and it's a discussion right. people like that's to right. have. That's right. And, and that's our job is to facilitate you know discussions would... that people want to have. But I don't have to like it. I don't have to pretend to like it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you are in a vast wait, minority you still didn't on that. say who would win the game. America, because it would be fun to watch. No, it'd be great like, to have. I, not, it'd be no, great to have a temporal like, anomaly open up in the universe, I don't and we have these time games instead of telling people like, "Hey, maybe you should." That's so nonsense. That's such nonsense. <laughs> and by the way, I, I take no offense in spite of the fact that ninety-eight percent of my work revolves around these sorts of foolish, uh, uh, <laughs> these sort of foolish debates. Listen, I this is. We're sports fans. Yes. I, I, you're no. you're in the vast minority. Being somebody who, first of all, doesn't have you know diehard allegiances, and yet you're still a diehard sport, a diehard sports fan. One, but two, this is this is the pleasure of sport. No, for it's, us. it's absolutely this is what we do is and we I, sit around and talk about who's and the hypotheticals. Best hypotheticals are great, but society can't be trusted with this LeBron and Michael conversation. But wait a second, anymore. But but, but like, I, it's a weapon of mass destruction, and it's horrible. And we've had it every single year. Fine, but that's for not, way that's too not, long. That's not what this Don't you is. applaud that MVP? But we, that's not what this discussion is. It's which one of these teams would win, right. and, and and so to but me, but the bigger question it just, it just comes but, back to that. But no, it in five years, it might. It's not going to be. LeBron it's going to be somebody else and we can discuss like hey what's the offense look like what defensive tactics do you use to stop player A and player B like how do you how do you attack this team that's more art of war level discussion I, I would like I is. would like that but then it, it devolves into rings with multiple Z's every time and people start I leave the Z's out but don't act like the ring count don't matter I, I well and everybody wants to get at me about the quarter that's another quarter conversation but it does matter if you win the point of the entire sport the reason so it does so you don't like comparing eras like this and yet you also it's don't fine. like you also this don't particular like, conversation but you like what about, about Michael and LeBron okay but what about also then the other side you also don't like looking at how many rings a guy won 
which is so then you're talking about the here and let's just sit back and enjoy what's happening right now. All right. Well, what happens here and now is someone is going to win the title and that will be a significant deed for the players that win it. And it will mark their career just as whoever loses will also have the have a check in the loss column of the finals. And those things matter. And by the way, like I always say, the entire point. We're building up, Dio. Oh, that draft and free agency and, oh, let's look at the who they're playing this year. All that's about who's going to win the Lombardi Trophy this year. It's the entire point of the season. If it doesn't matter whether you win games or not when they matter most, then what do we do? Why don't we just cancel the playoffs and just decree at the end of it, like, I think that team looked best. Uh, yeah, they were the best. They had the best winning percentage over 82 games. That's enough. That's in no way what I am saying at all. <laughs> Don't you shake I'm saying I like Michael Jordan and I like LeBron James. So do I. I. And I hate that they're constantly pitted against each other for some reason. Uh, Listen. In this game, they wouldn't even guard each other. They don't even play the same position. But in what world do we, do, are, are you residing in which it doesn't ma- that we don't live in a society where people want to know this or that? I mean, of course that's true. No, people want to know it. What I'm saying is I don't like it personally. <laughs> Chris Power sent us that first <laughs> first note. Ryan Miller uh, tweeted at us to say Westbrook, Westbrook would drop a triple-double on him without issue. LeBron would be the freak that he is, and this game wouldn't be close. We see some we see some lines what? emerging from uh, what generation. I can tell by the pictures of the people who tweeted this to us, <laughs> how young or old. Who guards LBJ and Durant? No good three-point shooters on, on the 80s team besides what? Chris Mullen coming off the bench. The whole team no good shoot. wing defenders besides Michael Jordan. The whole team can defend. Where are some of the uh, – I want to hear some pro uh, – um, those are uh, – I can't believe all the ones that we have uh, – I have in front of me are all pro – are all pro new guys. Oh, no, Chris Power gave us uh, – Michael Bello says that uh, no one could guard uh, – LBJ and Durant. I mean, that is a legitimate thing. Well, Steph well, Curry and Kevin Durant would uh, just as they. If you think that's torturous to uh, current defenses, that would be something that the '89 guys would have to figure but, out. But this would be a great chess spacing. Yeah, because the chess match game to game would be fascinating. It, it would be great. And who's how, how do they defend Barkley? What what three or four is going to go defense or Charles? I mean, we forget. You know, it's like. TNT has him tasked with ending racism for something, <laughs> but he was an actually a really good basketball player, and that's uh, something that people forget. And so, like, yeah, maybe I some of these young guys about could, how good Charles Barkley was. Check it, check out Sir Charles. All right, he's six foot five. It's, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, he's, more, a, you know, he's, he's, he's not an impossible matchup, and guys are perhaps stronger shame the devil oh, hand had- checking hand checking you know they were allowed to they, they were allowed to take spears out on the feet uh, on, on the court <laughs> back in the day where'd yeah. you get a trident yeah, yeah. what that's when I like the game when guys would get hurt with violence. Hammers? Who, who, who allowed hammers out onto the court here? Like people, I, oh, let's not get crazy about the hand checking here. The other question that the Czech Republic weighed in on that we uh, that we went at first, and I thought it was a fun conversation. In light of Tiger Woods. I don't, I don't fall from grace. That sounds like I'm getting up on Mount Pius or something. But anyway, it seems like that the career of Tiger Woods, different than LeBron's, as we said uh, five minutes ago, didn't ultimately reach expectation. You know, at least if you looked at where he was 10 years in, you thought, well, he's almost inevitably going to go down as the greatest of all time. He's going to break Nicholas's majors record. Doesn't look like he has any shot of getting anywhere close to that at this point. Which NFL team or player has left the most meat on the bone, on the figurative bone? And uh, I'll, I'll, while you think about that, Jake, Jacob Grindley dropped this line, RG3. 
I mean, RG3, and I'll throw Cap in there too. Cap still has a chance to resurrect. I guess so does RG3. But, I mean, just think about 2011. Just think about where you saw those two guys in 2011 and where they are now. It's really hard to to grasp how the the plummet. That, those are two great answers. I also said one team that is looming, and I, I don't want to upset the uh, the 12s out there, but – if the Seahawks are done, which which they aren't, there's no reason to think they're done in 2017, but let's say they don't go to a Super Bowl this year and then they kind of disband a little bit, which they probably will because of free agency, they'll lose some key, uh, key pieces. I think we'll look back and say, boy, that Seahawks team, I thought they would have won uh, would have won a couple Super Bowls at least, you know, been Felt more of like a it. player, right? <clears throat> I, I, I mean, if you're talking players historically, Bo Jackson to me is, is the guy yeah. in terms of being very, very, very good over an extended period of time, not a flash in the pan, and you saw how good he was at baseball as well, and those, that injury. Those injury yeah. guys, Gail Sayers, oh, you wonder where Terrell Davis would have wound yeah, up. Yeah, there's direct parallels there because I mean, Tiger's body sort of – I mean, we people paid attention, of course, to the, the marital issues and stuff. But he wins, but his body he wins the Open on a torn ACL and a broken leg. He has the back injuries, which we've seen what that can do to NFL players. The, the torque, he had to change his swing. The, the RG3 and Bo Jackson things are – is right on there. Uh, Adam Connor says Dan Marino and the Dolphins. I mean, they went, they played in and lost one Super Bowl. That's uh, that. Uh, I don't think anyone in 1983 or even 1986 would have uh, said, "Oh yeah, Marino will never go to another Super Bowl." Jimmy uh, drops us a line. He says, uh, "How about Joe?" He says, "How about Joe Namath?" Considering the talent coming out of Bama. I mean, this was he was a legit prospect. They were fighting for him AFL and NFL. They get him. He's lighting the world on fire. He's Broadway Joe. After the knee injury, you know, went the 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 multiple knee injuries, and he just never really. And he uh, already had come back from a knee injury before that. Right. Mm-hmm. You look up the high. Do yourself a favor. You ever get a chance to see Joe Namath in those old black and white uh, Bama highlights? Yeah. Watch what I mean. He looked like. I'm trying to think. I guess Roger Staubach is a good comp. The way he ran all over the field and could sling it, and uh, yeah, um, Chris Borland. Somebody throws out. Here's a great one from Simon, and this is what I wanted to bring up. Is uh, the other one that's out there right now in the league, Aaron Rodgers Packers. Is this it? If they if, if, if they never get back to another Super Bowl, it's going to be pretty disappointing, right? The, the career of Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, you can extend that into Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you look at – if you talk about 25 years or Those so – Those two guys for 25 years. Have 25 been, years, two rings, in a, in a, three in a league, Super Bowl appearances. In a league where – the prerequisite almost for winning a Super Bowl is having a good quarterback. They've never the had less. They've never had worse than the fifth best quarterback, save maybe the one transition year from Favre into Rodgers as he gets up to speed. Well, for 25 years, they've had never worse than the fifth best quarterback, and they might just play in three Super Bowls. But I think two. if you asked anybody from Wisconsin that's a huge Packers fan, would they? Do those Super Bowls feel the same as say Baltimore's Flacco and Dilfer Super Bowls? I think they'd still rather have that continued success that they I have. agree to but always given, contend but, but, in any year think maybe we could yeah. do it maybe this but year. that that uh, almost proves the point that we're making doesn't it seem like yeah we have we have these guys they only had Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco and like we have oh, we have they, they have one fewer but, they, they have they or I'm sorry they have the same number of but, Lombardis but as how many but back back to the rings I mean it's it's more than rings are important they're great but being able to enjoy your team week in and week out and having well, no what it proves no, is that, a lot of guys can get a ring, not a lot of guys, but some guys can break through. Things break just right for Flacco, Dilfer, Brad Johnson, and you sneak one in. 
the real trick is, it, it, I mean, there there is something to be said for those guys that have two rings. They, they, it's hard to make a case that they fluked their way into it. If you winning multiple Lombardi trophies, winning winning at minimum three postseason games in a single season to get there, it's hard to do that twice in one's career. To if you su- assume ten to fifteen years of playing. To support your point, how many years have the Packers been the trendy pick to the trendy preseason pick to win the Super Bowl? Because They've got Aaron Rodgers, and we saw some momentum at the end of the prior season. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. All right, let's rise. So, all right, so there's that. Uh, keep those coming. We like uh, hearing from the Czech Republic, and we appreciate you responding to our foolishness here. Claybon, well, he doesn't like it. I wish we could do. I wish we could do now. I wish we could jump in for a 60-minute um, political podcast, oh. social commentary, <laughs> legitimately, because I really would love to uh, to kibitz about what's uh, what's going on in this country. I mean, I, I talk about not being able to make sense of things. We live in a world now where. 40% has a completely different reality than 60% of the country has. I don't I, what, what is the solution to this? I really don't know what the solution is. It may uh, it, it's mind-boggling the complete denial or it's not denial. They aren't even receive they 60% of the nation receives one set of facts, 40% receives another and they both sides believe well this is the the true facts and the other ones are the fake facts. Did Dave just out himself as a coastal elite? No, I didn't. I didn't take a side Dave, either you, way. You are clearly a coastal elite. Um, looking on, I don't know the what most, to make of the. I mean, how do you resolve the fact that the most no one elite guy I know? When With when the, the conversation the... has veered into <laughs> plainly, and it wasn't, it didn't just happen. It's happened over twenty years now, but uh, we've reached a point now where people. It's not. Like, yeah, I skew more Fox News than MSNBC or vice versa. We are now at a point where people only watch one or the other and therefore just flat out don't receive. It's hard to charge people as those rubes don't get it because they have – I mean, at some point they made a willful choice to tune out the news that they didn't want to hear. But now they're only receiving one set of so-called news, and I don't know how you resolve it. How do you penetrate that and make it so – uh, unless these news organizations I, – I, I don't know what the – that's another matter for another day, I guess. Say two plus two equals purple? Is that how you perceive the oh, – Yeah, a, a, but an unwillingness – well, see, no, both sides. <laughs> see that – Hard and fast believe, oh, you poor thing, you've been duped. You've got – see, you're listening to the news that you like to listen to, but that's wrong news. See, I and, get my and news neither side is willing here. to <laughs> it's all it's, I don't know what the resolution is to that. Uh, smarter people than personal, I will have to personal responsibility. Out. Uh people are people are, bootstraps. It, I guess. It's it's up to you to learn what's right and there's plenty of information out there and if you don't it's not Fox News' fault, it's your fault. You you choose what you want. I kinda I guess that's I guess I can turn back I to mean, that. I mean they point. they they try to make a living just like everybody else and if, if lying to you is what gets them money then you know, that's that's what this is about. It so. is kind of diabolical, a little bit like uh, televangelists or something. And I'm not, you know, I'm not in this case taking a side either way. One is right and one is wrong. One one set of facts is either <laughs> one's telling the truth and one is not telling the truth. Right. My side. I'm not right. saying which side is right. My side. Yeah, I was just my using, side's I was right. just using them as, Your a, side's as an example wrong. hypothetically. If NBC <laughs> is lying to you, <laughs> I'm not. I am not. <laughs> for the record, I'm not making. I you know I use I don't shy from taking a side, but just to make the point, I think that is right. Like both sides definitely think the other side like. Oh yeah, it, it, there's a condescension in those conversations. Oh, because you think that that's true, don't you see that they're lying to you? Yeah. 
I think See, I've never experienced that. I've, I've never actually been oh. condescended to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never. Oh, yes. Not anything. All right, give me your NBA pick, Claybon. Uh, Cavs and six. Cavs. Ooh, how about you? Is Warriors and five. I think Warriors too. And, uh, you know, I root for LeBron. I like LeBron as a human being, as I say all the time. In a world of actually bad human beings, the – the, the apparent disgust that a large percentage of people have for, for LeBron James makes my head spin. I, I don't get why, why he's not a good guy. With, because he's sensitive, because it because you can get to him, I guess, in some ways, that he's human enough that he doesn't deny that things bother him. Wait, wait, and it's nonsense when other guys say, no, I don't hear the outside noise. Yeah, you do. Just stop lying. LeBron's honest about it. That's the difference. Like, yeah, oh, it's, I hear that. I don't like when people he, say that. He, I tell you what, the, the, and again, to go back to your tired Jordan-LeBron comparison, I think the strike against LeBron that has kept a lot of people from from maybe jumping on the bandwagon, uh, some people who never got over the taking his talents to South Beach, despite I thought his wonderful explanation afterward when he moved back to Cleveland, right. and that he, he is not as charismatic as Jordan is. He doesn't have that same panache that Jordan I, does. I, people say that the, all the take, time. People always say that, but I think LeBron is is very funny in the commercial. I'm not saying done. he's the not. The Nike one when it was the whole family and he was all the different yeah. people in the family. I thought he was very funny in that. He crushes it on SNL every time he gets a chance. I, think he's, I, I really think he's great, and I think the deed, I think the Miami thing even was – uh, you know, his his head and heart were in the right place. He was trying to do uh, away with the GM and the owner and try and form things at the working class well, and, level and, and, and multi-millionaire working class level. But nevertheless, they were banding together, doing something. You could tell that he was like, wait, what? Why is everybody upset about this? It was the it was the trappings, to your point. It was the whole thing and the fire and the fireworks and all right. that. But, but his the, explanation that I'm a kid who never got to grow up and go off to college and this was my chance to do that, I think that resonates with a lot of people. They didn't see that. If thing. it had been spun differently, it would have been received completely. Like, this should have been – a, I, I've said this and unironically. It's, it's really Jim, it's Jim Gray's fault. I know they're 100 millionaires. <laughs> they're 100 millionaires, but for real, you could have spun this right out of the gate as, uh, hey, st- you know, strike a blow for the yeah. proletariat. You Work, know? Workers of the world unite. We've reunited. This is, how, this is how it should be done. You don't have to answer to, to, uh, to you know, the corporate heads. Well, and this is a bigger thing. I think we might have seen this on Twitter together about why people tend to sometimes favor ownership over players in so many inexplicable cases, despite the fact that the players are who we root for. Yeah. So yeah. that's a whole nother. That's partisan stuff. I, that, well, I don't want that happening to my team, so I'm going to side with the Cavaliers because I'm a Cleveland fan, and so now I have to hate LeBron. Because I'd play the game for free. I think LeBron certainly more than uh, made up for that to diehard Cleveland sports fans. I think all the pressure – is on Golden State right now. There's no reason for LeBron and company to feel any pressure at this point. They did what they needed to do, which was to get that one ring. In Cleveland, the standard's a little bit lower. They are good for the rest of their lives. No one will ever say <laughs> no one will ever say boo in Cleveland. Hey, you did more than anybody else could do for a half century. You're good. All the pressure's on these guys. I think that hunger results in the Warriors getting over. But the one thing is, the Sposta get you the curse mm-hmm. is supposed to I talk about all the time now they're supposed to win with Kevin Durant does that get in their heads at all if they go down early in the series I wonder if they can uh, <sighs> if they can come back from that but uh, but that being said I think the Warriors are have an overwhelming amount of offensive firepower yep. they will get it done and I think they get it done in five games oh five games wow they Warriors that's what I'm going with there Emma VP do you want to weigh in I say Warriors in six give this show a letter grade 
A minus. A minus. You think Nailed it. Good, huh? Yeah, I like these guys. Who good was work. the best performance? Who gets the MUP? I'm Most, going with uh, Claybon for the hired uh, Jordan. That LeBron stinks. Hit. I don't. And like I won trivia. Also the I won trivia. trivia. Also the game. Yeah, he won MVP trivia. from Emma. This okay. Is, he did. He did. Today win is that. good. Yeah. He did win the trivia. But I think he, I think he uh, offset that with his with his uh, curmudgeonly take. <laughs> I'm just pleading with people. If, if, if you hear my voice, it, it's over. The conversation. No, where the conversation gets sideways is when people use lines like, "What are you nuts? LeBron was so much. Oh, Michael Jordan is so much better that's, than LeBron." That's the it's whole not, conversation. That's the point. When you're crazy for having one or the other opinion, that's where it gets gross. But listen, zealots ruin everything. Well, that's what I always tell you. And that if you're, if you're gonna get crazy about the ones, clearly, well, but neither is a crazy answer. Don't you see? That's <laughs> neither one is insane to, to think. So what's fun to talk about, though, is because once you figure out that answer, it is it does matter to be who is the GOAT, what's the greatest team of all time. Sports fans care. People care about these things, Claybon. I like people. I don't want to hate people. All right. See, that's nice. I, that, I, I, it never results for me in hate. I think that's the problem is that people – somehow. Hate, but does burn passionately with myself. I think people – Make their own poison somehow in their body by, by they, they get so worked <laughs> up by this that somehow it does for them become, become it does veer into some real hate and some real weird dark emotions. But anyhow, uh, the only emotion I have is glee because it was a uh, an A minus show according to Emma VP. Thanks to Mark Iztook. Mark Iztook. Wait at Mark Iztook NFL. Yep. And then at Patrick Claybon. That's it. At Patrick Claymore. That's how you track him down. Great stuff this week. Emma VP, Bartlett, and everybody else behind the glass. Check out both shows. Subscribe. Download them. Tell a friend. So on and so forth. Do all that jazz. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, it's been a thin slice of heaven. Let's go, Pens. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.